So because it was just the holiday, we have some sparkling wine today, which we didn't even turn into a mimosa. We're just drinking it straight. Look at us. Being adults. Being adults. Good for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is an Encanto Prosecco. It's from Italy, obviously, because it's Prosecco. Uh, This is a Magnum bottle, so we will probably be saving about half of this tonight. Maybe, unless we go crazy. Unless we go crazy, which just might be. Which I've had this one before with mimosas. But I don't think I've ever just drank it. So this yes, is a new experience. I agree. So what do you think about this? You don't really need to swirl a... Uh, Prosecco. Prosecco. We actually don't own um, flutes. I know. I put them in like normal... Like... I think these are even red wine glasses, right? No, they're just... They're just like generic. I don't remember the name. There is a name for them though. But I think it's for lighter reds. Like this is the type of glass you would drink out of. You you could put a... uh... Like this is like a Pinot glass. Um, Sure. But I wish we had champagne flutes. We look at them every so often, but it's like I'm very particular about what I want. She found these really cool champagne flutes uh, at World Market. But they were so heavy. But they were so heavy. And I was just like, I always feel... Like, like I want a dainty glass for champagne. Yeah, and you also get like lighter. Like it's whenever you drink champagne, it's bubbly. So you're like, you want to be like, I don't know. You want like a thin, like lightweight glass. Yeah, you want your glass to match your drink, and you want your drink to match your attitude, which is yes. light and like bubbly. Yeah, and you're gonna might you know you might do a little jig. How do you feel about this? I think it's actually pretty decent. It is like a. What do they call it? Extra dry? We went like hardcore. Uh, we went hardcore on the holiday. Sparkling. We did talk about this last episode, but we got the Magnum from TJ's, right? Yes. So, because they do them every like holiday season. Basically from... They get them in around Halloween and they have them until about New Year's. And they're like twelve ninety nine. For a Magnum, yeah. and they're actually really decent quality. Honestly, this actually has is a little bit sweet for my liking, just drinking. Mm-hmm. But it is, it wouldn't really matter in the right setting. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if, if you we were at a New Year's party and you were having a glass of champagne and chatting with people mm-hmm. and eating like olives and whatever cheese plate, like this is great. She's like olives and cheese and all sorts of fancy Uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know it this is a great event wine like to just if you're having like a new year's party or christmas party it's a toast wine yeah Yeah, it's a toast wine these would be great if you were having like a winter wedding yeah and you wanted like to just buy a few bottles and then fill up all the flutes for like toasting i love winter you get to put your scarf on get a drink drink the bubbly i know i need to find my scarves actually they've been like away in boxes all summer and we're about to go to idaho so yeah you know we're gonna get like winter wonderland i know so let's talk about the wine what what would you eat besides a door hors d'oeuvres with this one i mean i feel like that's kind of all i ever really want to drink with sparkling wine so i actually feel like sparkling wine goes really well with 
turkey. Oh, yeah. Like, you could eat sparkling wine with... Eat sparkling wine. <laughs> you could eat sparkling wine. You could drink sparkling wine with, like, this a turkey is, sandwich. This is great for... This is actually a very great wine for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. To have on the table. I love sparkling wine with cranberry sauce. Me too. Like, I love the flavors, which I actually may, during our commercial break, go and grab some cranberry juice, like the straight up 100% cranberry juice, and add just a little bit to this and make like a cranmosa. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Because I basically love cranberry in anything. I think it's like tart, the little bit of bitterness. Like, I, I really enjoy that, so... We have a uh, blessing and a curse of having two wonderful orange fruit trees out front. So it's kind of a blessing because we can make mimosas whenever we want. But that's also a curse. But because, it's also a curse. Because, because then all of the oranges turn orange at the same time. And we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go to the store and get sparkling wine. Because what are we going to do with this many oranges right? if we're not making mimosas? Yeah. Next thing you know, you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Thanks, trees. Thanks, trees. <laughs> Which so. we are going to um, bag up like a huge, like grocery bag full of oranges for our neighbors, and then we are going to see my grandparents briefly tomorrow morning as well for like a social distanced thing before Thanksgiving. Um, so we may bring them some oranges as well because we have probably a couple hundred oranges that are either ripe or about to be ripe. So Lindsay's probably overestimating on that number. But I don't know. I picked. About a dozen of them the other day, and I did not make a dent. Well, we'll have to just wait and see, won't we? And we have two trees, so, you know. So, if you don't know, you're listening to Wine 30 with Andrew and Lindsay. Where we talk about hot topics and drink wine. And this episode, we have more listener questions because you guys are really freaking good about sending us questions. And Awesome possum. When we're doing Friday episodes, we feel like, why... Would we not answer some of those questions? I know. I'm, I love the listener's question. So, but first, I want to talk about Lindsay's been reading some stuff. I've been reading stuff? Yeah. And I want to hear about it. I actually have not read any more in any of my books since I talked about them on oh. Wednesday. Well. So, you know. <laughs> oh, right. But Andrew has been reading more. I have. Uh, I've been in like a depressive state, so all I do is play Animal Crossing and cry. Yeah, and I've been in a healing state, so all I do is... Read and meditate and listen to gongs and bells. Apparently that's all Lindsay thinks I do. I also sweep. He did sweep. He did vacuum and sweep and clean a lot today. I did move my desk out into our like living room versus in our bedroom today, and I think that's really going to help me. There you go. She bit. did a lot today. She doesn't give herself credit. I mean, now it looks like... A heaping pig's died next to the bed. Oh. Because well, I took everything okay. off of my desk. But eventually Your it's going to be better. It's really nice, though. Yeah. It's nice. Okay, so I've been reading a few things that I think Lindsay would l- really like. Okay. Uh, well, the first one I want to talk about is called How to Get the Poor Off Your Our Conscience. And this came out in 18. 18- 85, and it was written by John Kenneth Gilbreth. And he was an economist, a pretty... Wait, it was John... Kenneth Gilbreth. I wanted to make sure that I had it, because he said I would enjoy it, so I want to... 
And he was an economist, a pretty renowned economist, from what I understand. Economist? Economist. Economist. Uh, he kind of invented the treadmill idea, where it was like, basically, you stay on the treadmill of consumerism. And like, you have to continues, continuously work and buy and work and buy, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's the idea that our society kind of runs on like if we don't have people working and we don't have people consuming then our economy's not growing is that the idea behind that Mm -hmm. and so but that's not what this short story is about what this short story well there's bits and pieces that are like that which this short story is about is basically it's about all the processes that have happened within America mm-hmm. of how people have gotten the poor off their mind. So like a hundred years ago, people weren't thinking the way they are about the poor nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like during World War II with all the poor, people were more like Darwinism, social Darwinism. They yeah. were like survival of the fittest, right? Like that was a very common thing for people to think so that they could just write those people off. Right? Mm-hmm. The weak will fall to the bottom, the strong will rise. Well, that kind of uh, sputter, sp- uh, pittered out. Pittered out? Does that yeah. work? Okay. Or you could sputter out technically sputter, too. Like, sputtered. <laughs> yeah, sputtered out. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sputtered yeah. out because it was like, well, people that are born into wealth and whatnot don't really necessarily have the same. Like, it's not really survival of the fittest if you think about it because you have an elite group of people who never would really ever be seen at the bottom just based on the birthright that they've inherited, right? Mm -hmm. So he's saying, like, in today's society, he's obviously dead because this came out when he was a little older. I mean, 130 years ago, too. So he would be dead even if he was young. Yeah. So he... When this came out in 1985... Oh, 1985? I thought you said 1885. No. Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about. But when this came out, he was talking about... he. Well, in that essay, he talked about... That's basically what the whole essay is about. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to read it if you want to find out. I don't want to give anything away. So what's the other one you were reading? The other one I was reading is called My Wood. Mm-hmm. And that was by Ian e. Foster. And that came out in 1926. And this is kind of a very funny short story in my opinion i feel like the writers in the 20s were like some of the best writers we've ever had and i don't know why i don't know if it was because it was like pre-television i think it came out plus suffering suffering, plus like prohibition was kind of like in that weird well also you have to think it was also the beginning of the industrial age if you think about it i would call it the beginning of the product of the industrial age where it's like you had people growing up and they had to kind of like fight against this um, arbitrary assembly line where they're mm-hmm. just bolting one bolt onto like a yeah. structure, right? So you had people resisting that at great cost, right? I think you got like George Orwell coming out of that. You have, I mean, that's basically how Karl Marx made his mark mm-hmm. is he saw that from the top of a hill, apparently smoking a cigar well even like art like picasso and people were around that time yeah like you just had like a lot of really amazing authors and artists and uh, picasso actually incorporates a lot of like smog and stuff in his art if you look at it closely enough so the wood my wood is about um 
Well, first, let me tell you about a little bit of Ian Foster. Ian Foster actually inherited his wealth Mm -hmm. from his great aunt. And he never forgot that he inherited it, right? Like, he never took that for granted. Like, he was like, I won the lottery of inheritance. So, like, he kind of... And it also helped him fund his writing career. He's also brilliant, by the way. But, like, he probably wouldn't have been a writer if he wasn't weren't to inherit such a large fortune, right? Mm-hmm. So basically this essay, because I always feel like you need to know a little bit about the author, but this essay was basically about how land makes you feel heavy, right? Because he mm-hmm. bought some land, right? And there was a yeah. path going through it. And basically he's talking about, in this short story, he was talking about like how... The impact, the psychological impact of owning land makes you feel heavy as a person. Like, because I always consider this. I'm like, well, if you buy a house, you're technically buying property. And he says the more stuff that you own, the less you feel that you can travel and the less you feel that you're mobile. Mm -hmm. So that was his whole thing. He was like, man, I feel so attached to this first piece of land that I bought. Right. And then he's like. You know, the neighboring land, there's a pathway, right? There's a pathway that goes through his lands and splits his land. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this neighbor has built a wall so people can't get his blackberries, right? And he's like, maybe I should build a wall, right? Mm-hmm. But that kind of grounds him to where he's at. And then he's like, you know, I was walking on my land the other day and a bird flew into the neighbor's land. And all of a sudden, that bird is owned by the neighbor, right? So it's like you all of a sudden become like, What's the word for completely covered? Submerged. He becomes submerged in this world of ownership where it's like now he's thinking about these things that he would have been free of, right? Mm -hmm. Like who would think about a bird owning a bird, right? Yeah. Well, somebody who bought a plot of land and is, you know, trying to figure out if he should build on it or if he should grow more trees on it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so it's kind of interesting. I recommend it, especially I think it's very relevant in today's society where people are like, I just need to get my plot of land Would and you, then I can build on it. You've been like, reading all of these stories out of like a dolphin reader, right? Yeah, I have a few like books from college that I've been revisiting that I... I feel like we should find out the name of your dolphin reader so that we can share it. Like, sure. whatever. Because I know there's a ton of different dolphin readers. It's not like there's just yeah. one. But I feel like if people are interested in reading, like, all of the short stories you've been talking about. Oh, yeah. That that's a great way to do it is you can yes. just, like... And you can probably buy it used somewhere on, like, an online yeah. bookstore. I and... love short stories so much. Because uh, the reason why is because I feel like the people writing them always mm-hmm. put in, like, so much more detail. Because every line means something. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you're writing a novel... Like, you can kind of sputter off and, like, yeah. you can make a, like, a bunch of different, um... Just filler. Filler, yeah. So, I haven't been reading anything different, but I did watch that Taylor Swift, The Long Pond so she's Session, been listening. Studio Sessions. Yeah. So, I was watching that today on Disney+, Plus because last time we were on here, it was coming out at midnight. So, this morning, I watched it, and I found it to be very enjoyable, that album for me was not my favorite of hers when it came out, but I actually really appreciated like hearing the behind the scenes of each song 
and like why it came to be. And now I appreciate the album more. Yeah. And I think it's funny because like the last great American dynasty, which I knew sort of was like the story of Rebecca Harkness, who I guess she's been wanting to write a song about for years. And she was like, I kind of use this thing that's popular in country music where you like hear this story about these two people. And then at the end of the thing, it's like, oh, and I'm their child or whatever. Right. And it's like that full circle kind of thing. And with that, she like did the story of the two people. And then it's like she bought the house that all of that took place in. Oh, cool. So that was kind of like a cool story. And then she was talking about how her boyfriend plays piano all the time. Like he grew up playing piano. So he'll like sit in the house and play the piano. And one day she was like walking through the house and he was like singing the chorus to what is now Betty on her album. And he was like singing it and she like pops her head and it's like, hello, like, (laughs) what is this you're playing? And she's like, I know we said we would never write a song together, but (laughs) I would would like that. Would you ever play piano if we had one? Um, Maybe a little bit. I don't know if it would be worth owning a piano for the amount that I would play the piano. Well, you do think that you play more? Well, of course I play it more because oh, we okay. would well, have then it's one. Worth it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would need to like relearn how to read music. But every time I say, "Oh, I need to relearn how to read music," and I go to relearn, like it takes me like less than two days, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." Like I, I feel like it's like muscle memory. Like eventually, that Lindsay's always putting a stopper in my urge. To learn an instrument. He just wants the banjo so You know, bad. I say, I want to learn. And she says, no. I'm going to make that difficult. Okay, well, instead of talking about this, we are going to talk about our sponsor for one quick sec. So, you know we love wine. And one of the best places to buy wine on the internet is wine.com. Instead of scouring the stores for, like, whatever label looks the best. I know that's how I pick wine in stores. You can actually talk to a live expert on their website and say, hey, here's my budget. Here's kind of what I'm looking for. This is what I like. And they will give you amazing recommendations or you can browse on your own. They have like the largest database of wine and they have this five-star rated wine.com app on iOS and Android where you can scan, rate, and buy on the go. You can scan a wine or liquor label to view pricing, professional ratings, and tasting notes no matter where you are. And you can join the stewardship program for $49 a year where you get free shipping for the entire year, which honestly pays itself off within like one or two shipments. And there's no minimum. So you can just order one bottle and not have to worry about paying shipping, which is incredible. And we want to give you guys $50 off your first order. So go to wine.com slash wine30 and get $50 off your first order. Terms do apply. Once again, that is wine.com slash wine30 for $50 off, which is a freaking steal because you know most of the wines that we drink on this podcast can be found on wine.com so if you hear one that we've talked about that you're like "Ooh, that sounds good look it up and just get it sent to your door easy peasy done yep so we magically have cranmosas now cranmosas i don't know i feel like there's probably another name for them but that's what i call it um, Basically, cranberry and prosecco. Pro cran, pro cran. Prosecco. Prosecco. Nice. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so we got some listener questions. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I know. This is really nerve-wracking stuff. I always feel like there's so much pressure to answer these correctly, even though most of them have no right or wrong answer. All right. Okay. I'm going to just start with the very first question we were asked today, which is how early is too early to decorate for Christmas? Uh, before Thanksgiving. No. Which is a sham because my mother already decorated for Christmas. My mother did too. Yeah. I would say earlier than Halloween is probably too early. I feel like after Halloween you can kind of start to decorate because Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of have a lot of bleed over when it comes to decor. Well, so does Halloween and Thanksgiving. Exactly. So you might as well start decorating after for Christmas 4th of July. No. Just start <laughs> After Thanksgiving, I feel like is the best time. Like as soon as Thanksgiving's over, you can mm. decorate because that gives you like a whole month to really enjoy the lights. I know it just like hurts my heart because I would love Christmas all year round. But you also have to give appreciation to each holiday. I know. I do enjoy Thanksgiving. Okay. But... Yeah. Next question. Um. What do you love and hate most at the gym? Like what? I'm assuming it's like what exercises or machines do you like the most and hate the most? You go first. Um, things I hate at the gym. I. She's like everything. I hate every I, single thing. I <laughs> curse the gym. I have a hard time at the gym doing free weights or like the weight bars or anything because, like, that's where the buff guys are always hanging out. And, and like the that. people that are like, oh, look at me lifting like a hundred pounds an arm, doing bicep curls, and I'm like, Ugh. that's not really a thing, but yeah, I don't know, but it's like it seems so excessive compared to like my ten or twelve pounds, like fifty pound dumbbells doing curls. I'm just like, what are you trying to accomplish? And then they're always like grunting and like throwing yeah. the stuff down, and I'm like, it makes not that I haven't. I feel like fifty pound dumbbells, but I feel like I have, it but... makes it really uncomfortable for me to work out in a space where there's people that are doing that. So I feel like that's something that I generally avoid doing unless the gym is like pretty much empty. Which is like super unfortunate because you can get a lot of great build from dumbbells. I know. Like it's a completely different dynamic. I know. So I do love, I love the ab machines, especially the ones that they have at Andrew's gym because they do the, like you can do side crunches on them too. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to set it to like 60 or 70 pounds and then do side crunches and get like a really good side crunch going. Mine at my gym only does the front crunches, which is great, but I feel like it's only working my upper abs. Yeah. So I feel like I'm then missing. That's like kind of like a big part of my ab workout. And I that's something I really enjoy doing because I don't know. I also like the um, like all the hip abductor machines. Yeah. Because I have pretty good hip flexibility. So I feel like. It's something that's easy for me. Sure. I also do like, um, as far as cardio, I do like the upright stationary bikes probably the best. But I have been doing more treadmill. I've been doing a lot of treadmill at the gym recently. Nice. But I don't know. I guess those would be my favorites and least favorites. I also like, I've been really into the pectoral <laughs> machine at the gym. I don't know why, but it feels good. Your so pecker I do muscles. It. My pectoral muscles, which is my chest. <laughs> but I don't know. It feels good when I do it, so I, I enjoy it. Nice. What would you say? Uh, I absolutely hate the 
I mean, maybe it's because I haven't experimented with it enough, but the bar um, bench press slash squat machine. And I'm not talking about the free bar. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the one that's connected to, like, the structure. Mm-hmm. So it's like it... It's like, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like basically there's a box. Yeah. Right? Of steel. And you have like a bar that goes across. And Mm -hmm. basically that bar sits on your shoulders. And you do squats. But you can do squats or you could move a bench under it and like move the bar down and Mm -hmm. like do um, bench press. Yeah. You could do other things over there too. But I don't like it because it's connected to the box structure yeah does that make sense so then you're like i might as well just go get a bar and do it on my own like it's weird to be connected well to be connected to me makes me feel like when i'm doing a squat like Mm -hmm. sometimes i want the bar to move backward but instead it's like hold it in the line Mm -mm. if that makes sense yeah so it's like one it's helping me too much in weird ways and two like i feel like it's almost unnatural but you also like, I was doing some Blogilates workouts at home this week because we hate to drive into town, like, every single yeah, time for we go sure. to the gym. So, basically, all of the arm exercises you do are, like, back behind your body to get the Which best workout. actually kind of dangerous, but yeah. Not, like, super behind, but, like, you don't want them in front of you yeah. for a lot of exercises. Like, if you're working your back and your shoulders, you're not yeah. crunching in. You're, crun- you're, like, you're opening up. Sure. So it's weird that it's like perfectly straight when you do that machine. Yeah, Because it's like sometimes you should be slightly behind because you're working your shoulders and your back. Which I don't really like machine shoulder press. Like anything Mm -hmm. to do with shoulders with the machine. And it's for the same exact reason because it isolates them in a weird place where it's like my shoulders want to move a little bit. And you're supposed to struggle a little bit when you're exercising. So, like, if my shoulders are struggling, but they're not allowed to move, like, I don't know. It just seems a little bit unnatural to me, but I get why they exist. And my favorite is, I really like the squat. Just, like, the squat, basic bar He just likes squat. doing squats. I like doing squats. And I like the leg extensions and leg curls. I really like just the flat branch. I like dumbbells a lot. Because I feel like you, they're very diverse. You can do like a lot of different stuff with them. Mm -hmm. Like you can do uh, flies and you can also do uh, reverse flies for your back. So it's like you can just hit like every body part with dumbbells. Yeah. If you know what you're doing. And then lunges I like, which is weird. I hate lunges. I know. I know. It's weird, but I used to hate them. But now I'm like, I, I get off on working my legs out. Um, okay. I don't know if that came out with like long, but <laughs> I don't know if that's like an older person thing because like I know people that don't want to work their legs out ever, and I'm just like, oh, I love working my legs great. out. I love leg press. I love yeah. leg extension. I love leg curls, but I just don't like lunges. And I feel like probably because I dance so much and stuff, like my knees. Yeah. Plus, I have bad knees that run in my family, so like I'm so overly cautious about my knees yeah. that lunges. A lot of times really scare me. I do love like a deep... That's exactly why I do lunges. I do love like a deep runner's lunge where you like go into a deep lunge and then you hold it and stretch out oh, your yeah, legs. Seriously. That's like... I love that. I hate doing like repetitive lunges. Yeah. I like it because I feel like it builds up the supporting muscles that protect my joints. Mm-hmm. 
in my knees. And I know I got weak knees in my family. So. Okay, moving, moving on. on. Um, someone asked you how you're liking Calamity since you've, it's been a couple days. Um, it's kind of growing on me a little bit. But I wish there was more, like, engagement with my mental faculties. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's just a button masher game. But I also kind of enjoy that it's not trying to be something it's not. So I'm going to have to get back to you on that one because I want to get a little bit further in the game. And I'm still, I still feel like I'm in the tutorial section. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where they're still trying to teach me stuff. So once I get over that hump, I will get back to you on that. We'll do a, it'll be in our next section of what we've been playing. Yeah, next week. So someone asked me how I'm going to celebrate 40K on Instagram because I hit 40K on Instagram. Um, I mean. 40K? Yeah. 40K what? Followers. Oh, I was like 40K miles. Or kilometers. kilometers. I was like, wow. That's no. impressive. Um, I mean, drinking this Prosecco and answering listener questions is pretty good. I probably did 40K. I probably did 40K. I've been doing... I've been trying to get up to... We're talking about followers on Instagram and you're just Sorry. way back. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is kind of a way to celebrate. Once I hit 50K, I think I'm going to do a giveaway. And I've been putting together a bunch of planner stickers and oh, stuff. Oh, man, right on. Giveaway, so... Um, what are our favorite Christmas movies? I think we kind of talk about this every year a little bit. But I did like the first Christmas Chronicles movie with Kurt Russell. Um, I like Santa Claus. I was going to say I also, that. I was Tim going Allen. to say that was growing up. That was my all-time yeah. favorite Christmas movie with the I Santa Claus. I love that movie. And I also like the new one with um, Kurt Russell. That's the one I just said too. Yeah. And I also There's similar like, feeling. Like similar I like feels. all the old school like... Um. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. What like Rudolph called. and like stuff. Rudolph. The ones that oh, are like I felty looking. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And where they're doing the elves or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Oh man, I miss. And those. I also love the original Grinch, the animated one from I do too. way back. And also the um, Charlie Brown. Just the Christmas. I like Charlie Brown Christmas, but it is really long. Like the last time I watched it, I was like, "This is way longer than I remember it being." It's um, so fun for it kids. Is, it is really enjoyable. Snoopy's just so cute. So if and you have stop. kids, I think that Charlie Brown is a wonderful idea because it takes up a lot of time. You and heard that childhood. this year is the first year that it didn't air on oh um, TV. That's so sad. Because they made a deal with Apple TV and it's available on Apple TV. Oh, they cut their nose off, spite their face. Yeah, the Thanksgiving and the Christmas ones are exclusive too. That's rough. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Also, well, Jingle All the Way I with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or no, yes. oh, is that what it was called? I think so, yeah. Yeah, with Arnold we'll Schwarzenegger. That, that was a good one. So I have a question. Do you think that, in a way, shows should be the same way as writing? Like, Because we're kind of approaching like the 100-year mark of TV, if you think. Oh, so are you saying that once TV hits 100 years or whatever it is, should it become like um, open open to the public to yeah, use? Yeah, open source. Um, I feel like it should because those people have probably passed the people created. I think if that. they made it 
120 or 150 years, because people are living longer now, but if they made it 120 years and it became open source, so all the people who created it are dead at that point. I, mean, I think 100 years, because who's because, creating stuff? Oh, like, because technically they're creating things at 20, yeah. 30, 40 years old. Um, yeah. I think so. I think it should be. There should definitely be. That should definitely the be. The Brady Bunch will definitely be making a comeback here yeah, in another I know. 40 years. And then it's like, if people want to remake it, great. Mm-hmm. They can do their own version. Yeah. Cool. I do. I do agree with that. I don't. We should get on. How do we even? I don't know. Is that already a thing? I hope so. I'm unsure. We'll have to get back to you on that one. All right. So we have time for one more. Oh no. Maybe we'll do a couple more quick ones. So someone asked me my favorite. We have time for one more, and she's like, a couple more. Well, I'm gonna do them quickly. So um, someone asked me if I have any favorite. Animal Crossing, Neighbors, Islanders, whatever. And my favorite is Marina. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I just got on your island. What about me? No, but I mean like Neighbors. Like the oh, great. included okay. ones. I see. I just don't And matter. on his sister's island, I really like Gail. I think she's super Do you not fun. have Gail on yours? No. We oh. have different We have different neighbors. That's kind of cool. But then we're getting those uh, amiibo cards so that we can get new Islanders. Ooh, expansion. So... Someone asked what Taylor Swift album I'm most excited for her to re-record. And probably her debut album just because it's been, whatever, 14 years since it came out. I think that's going to be really exciting. Do you exciting. think that she's going to put like a spin on it? Oh, yeah. I think she's going to do similar production, but I think she may update Like she's going to improve bit. on it if she yeah. can. That's kind of cool. Um. Someone asked my birthday plans. We're going to be in Idaho visiting my mom over my birthday. And I'm sure she has some great idea of what we're going to do. Even if it's sitting at home watching Hallmark movies and eating cinnamon rolls. And um, all sorts of good stuff, yeah. They did ask what short story you reread that you mentioned on Wednesday's episode. Well, let's see. Last, just this last episode? Yeah. You had talked about rereading that one with the uh, the woman in the jar. Adrian. Oh, women in the jar. Remember? Because you had talked about. Oh, yeah. You briefly were like, oh, I reread that. No, but then you sure. talked about another one and they were wondering what it was called. Oh, man. It, we'll add it to the show notes. Yeah. You guys can look it up. That was a, I didn't know anybody was going to be interested in that one. And I did reread it. He went into like extreme detail and I, yesterday. Like, broke it apart because I was like, it's super like exemplary of how women were treated back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not cool, man. But anyway, yeah. So, okay, last question, real fast. What Disney character do you relate to the most? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? That you relate to the most that or that I do? To? Or are we doing each other? Oh, maybe we should. Okay, Jasmine. Jasmine? Why do you think I'm like Jasmine? I don't know. You like owning exotic animals. And I don't own any exotic animals. You used to. My ferret? You owned a ferret? I never knew. Yes, you did Frappy. I never, you never told His me His name was Frappy. Frappy. <laughs> it was short for Frappuccino. Gosh, I'm just learning all sorts of you new knew. facts. You knew. All I did was go and try to bite our feet all the time. It was like this little weasel that would just try to bite feet. But you know, and you with had, steel socks you had and Zelda, Rhodesian Ridgeback, that's an exotic animal. Yeah. So, you know, Jasmine, you know. And you like to fly on magic carpets. Okay. So moving on. That's not the one I would say. I would say I relate probably more to Anna from Frozen because she always wakes up and her hair is all messy. Oh, and, no, and what she likes you would say is you sandwiches. would prefer to be related to Anna. 
from Frozen. Because she's messy and likes sandwiches. But realistically, I'm more like Anna from... No, <laughs> you're more like Kristoff, who is her friend that she falls in love with. Oh, and he is that, And he has the pet reindeer. Well, didn't you used to say I was like Gustav from... No, Gaston, no. Oh, Gustav. No, we were at Disneyland and... Belle was like, oh, is he more like the Beast or Gaston? And we were talking about how he was more like the Beast. And Andrew got really offended by the fact that I said he was like the Beast. But we meant like the Beast when he was like a prince at the end. You're like, you're like the Beast for the last 20 seconds of the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm supposed to really get that. Like He, he was a great looking dude. Is he's like the Beast for like... He was like two hours, and then he's like a dude for like he was twenty like seconds. A, and you're like, you're like the beast, and I'm just like supposed to like a glistening man with abs and nice hair. He was kind of cool, but I also think that like that may be a stereotype that you're pushing on the beast. But also, I would say that you're more like Prince Eric than the beast. Prince Eric, though, he's a lot I'm of oblivious? patience. He's not oblivious. I think he's Prince a lot Eric of patience. is totally oblivious. That's not how I saw it. And I thought Prince Eric was a very charming Disney prince. Prince Eric. Like the guy who falls in love with the little mermaid. But I do think you're more like Kristoff than... Okay, but now who do you think you're like? You already said. Who do I think I'm like? That's the question. You're like Olaf. Definitely. Olaf. The snowman? Yeah. (laughs) Wreck-It Ralph. For sure. Nice. (laughs) What if I think... Who's the... You remember Tangled? Mm-hmm. I think I'm like that guy. Flynn Rider. Yeah. I'm thought about mentioning him. I don't know he's, if like, you're like with the pan, and I feel like I would do. That would I don't know similar. if you're like. I don't know. She doesn't think I'm as adventurous. As no, I think I, you're adventurous. I think there's like. No, no, I get it. No, I think he's more like conniving because he's like. On the run all, because of all, all his criminal of the activity. Guys are like that though, like every single one is like a super. That's just part of it, you know. Like you want, yeah. They're trying to make like the perfect male figure, so like they're like, oh, well, they have to be like street smarts, right? Like you you're like criminal them. on the run. Yeah, all the men. Yeah, all the women are. are princesses, and all the men are criminals. Like look at Shrek. Like he's a. That's criminal. not. That's not Disney. Well, it doesn't really matter. But you it's know, the same deal. So, that's it. We did it. We're over time. I know. Listener questions just really... It's hard to get through them because we want to just chat so much I love much it, though. Also, we chat a little bit, a lot about stories. My fault. But we will talk to you guys next Wednesday on another episode of Wine 30. I was going to come up with a jingle, but I don't have one. I wish we had, like, a little jingle. <laughs> All right. We'll come up with a jingle. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.